This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You would lay down your God, our Father in heaven, Lord, we just thank you for another wonderful day, and we thank you for this time of worship. And as we sing these melodies together, Lord, as we uh, hear James teach us this morning, Father, I pray, Lord, that you would fill him up with your holy word and your holy spirit. Um, Lord, forgive us where we fail you, because we know that we come to you imperfect this morning. And Lord, just to help us to leave here with a light in our heart to, to seek you as we leave. And it's in your name I pray. As I said earlier, I don't know if everybody was in here yet. Um, we um, Troy was on vacation this week, um, and so we really didn't know he was going to come until he, me and him talked, I guess, Friday or Saturday. Um, I, I think it was more or less Saturday because he didn't know for sure Friday. Um, so he told me if he came, he'd bring a guitar, but we might not have slides. And I told him that would be fine. We'll take what we can get. So, um, so this morning, sorry about not having slides. If you didn't know all the songs, um, I'm going to guarantee you'll know the last one, uh, especially if you grew up you know, in an older style church. We're going to do Jesus Paid It All. Uh, so I think everybody should know it so we could come together and sing together in that last song. And um, really enjoyed the, the second thing. I know he just ran through the course of that song. 
Um, that's one we're going to do later on, and uh, it's good to introduce it in little ways like that. So this morning, if you would, turn with me to Psalm chapter 9. Um, as I was saying also earlier, uh, I, I decided to do everything a little different this morning. It was going to be more of a relaxed time because I didn't think we were going to have worship. and um, So I was going to do it almost like a combination of uh, a Bible study and a preaching. Uh, so I'm not going to get on the stage and all that because I'm not really prepared to do that. But we're still going to look at God's Word the same. And uh, it's, still, it's still the same no matter how we present it. So I'm excited uh, in that. But Psalms 9, uh, it's just like... Um, we've as we've went through this summer months, uh, we started in Psalms one, and now we've made it to Psalms nine. Uh, so if that makes sense to you, that means we've done all nine of them up till now. Um, and and just like most of the Psalms we've done, I think actually after Psalms two, uh, Psalms three and on has been David. Um, and so uh, I've talked before; they're kind of redundant after time. But Psalms nine has actually been uh, my favorite Psalm that we've read so far. Um, because I just love some of the truths in it. So as I get ready in just a second to, to read it all in one setting, um, we're going to read Psalms 1, uh, chapter 9, verses 1 through 12. Uh, we're not going to look at 13 through 20, uh, mainly because 20 verses is a lot, of, a lot to go over in one Sunday. Uh, so we're going to look at verses 1 through 12, but I want to pray for us uh, and pray that God will just teach our hearts this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we come now and... We thank you for this day, God. We thank you. Um, we thank you for the saving grace that we have. We thank you for the fact that you have provided something that we couldn't even begin to provide for ourselves, God. We thank you for Jesus, God. We thank you for the salvation that that He has. Uh, accomplished of, on the cross and in His death and resurrection, God. We thank You that You and Him sit on the throne together today, God. And this morning, I just pray as we open up Your Word, we look at Psalms chapter 9, God, that You begin to cultivate and to mold us to be who You've called us to be, God, and that You teach us the truth this morning, God. You teach us the truth of thanking you and praising you and glorifying you and being glad in you because you sit on the throne, God, and you are the one that is taking care of us. And God, I thank you for taking care of us. I thank you for that because you are the Father that provides all good and perfect gifts. We love you, we praise you, and we glorify you this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Psalms chapter 9, I'm going to read verses 1 through 12, and then we're going to go back and we'll look at verses 1 and 2, 3 and 6, uh, 7 through 9, and then 7 through 10, and then 11 and 12. All right, but let's look at 1 through 12. Uh, it says this, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and exalt in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. When my enemies turn back, they stumble and perish before your presence. For you have maintained my just cause. You have sat on the throne giving righteous judgment. You have rebuked the nations. You have made the wicked perish. You have blotted out their name forever and ever. The enemy came to an end in everlasting ruin. Their cities you have rooted out. The very memory of them has perished. But the Lord sits enthroned forever. 
He has established His throne for justice and that He judges the world with righteousness. He judges the people with uprightness. Uprightness. Rightness. The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed in the strength and time of trouble. And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Sing praise to the Lord who sits enthroned in Zion. Tell among the people his deeds. For he who avenges blood is mindful of them. He does not forget the cry of the afflicted. These 12 verses are, are an amazing 12 verses. And earlier I started in uh, talking about verses 1 and 2, and I want to go in detail now about 1 and 2. Uh, but to, before I get into it, before I read it again and discuss it uh, line by line, uh, what I want us to know about is that David is almost beginning this psalm by explaining it in these first two verses. And it's a, just an amazing thing. Uh, you can almost preach an entire sermon on just these two verses, but I want to go farther than that this morning. He says, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I want to look at that. I, I, I want to start by looking at that truth right there. This is David uh, speaking, uh, and David's the king of Israel. He's, he's the leader of the nations here. Uh, and he begins in Psalms chapter 9, verse 1. This would be a totally different account than any of the other Psalms. So in this moment in his life, whatever he was going through, the difficulty, the hard time, the good time, we don't know exactly when he wrote this psalm, but what we see is that he begins this psalm by saying, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. Um, I, I think about this truth, and in just a second we're going to look at why he does this, uh, and we're going to look at what his thanks, his thanks turns into. But to begin with this, he, we see that he gives God thanks. He he. he, he, he he thanks God for the things in his life, but he does it in such a way with that he does it in all of himself. He, he, he thanks God with all of his heart. And um, I, I, I don't want to put this burden on you um, all, but I, I've heard people say this before, and I wanted to say it in this moment, was that what if, it's this rhetorical question, uh, and thank God that he doesn't work this way, but what if you only had tomorrow what you thank God for today? Think about that. Uh, and I, I, that's almost a burning statement because we sometimes we don't thank God like we should. But when we begin this psalm, we see that, that David, he is thanking God with all of his heart. Uh, but we're going to see that he don't only thanks God, but he, he moves on and he says that he's glad in God and he sings praises of God. Um, but if you go on, it says, I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. Uh, that right there, that line right there to me is the it, it sums up the heart behind everything that David is doing in Psalms chapter nine. He says, "I will recount all of your wonderful deeds." So what David is talking about here, he says, "Look, I, I remember all of the wonderful deeds that God has done." Uh, and I'm not sure when David wrote this in his life. He could have wrote it at the end of his life. He could have wrote it at the beginning of his kingdom. We're, we're not really sure. But what I want to do is just simply look at the first part of David's life. When we first see the life of David introduced in Scripture is that David gets picked out to be the king of Israel. Uh, but David, when you think about that story, if you remember it uh, correctly, David wasn't even in the lineup, right? 
David, he, um, the, the guy comes and he tells uh, David's father, I want you to line up all your sons. And he does so. And, and he, he looks at all of them. He looks them up and down. He looks at the biggest ones, the, the most strong ones. He looks at all of these men. And he says, this isn't, none of these are the ones that God has. And then we, he says, you know, Jesse, do you have any more children? He says, well, I got David, but, you know, David is, you don't, you don't want David. He's this small guy, and, and he's working the field. And he said, well, draw him up and bring him up, and we'll look at him. And, and so David was picked, uh, and he wouldn't even thought about when he picked. But I think back even later on in his life, it would have been too much longer away from this time period, is that when David goes and he brings food to his brothers while they're at war, and he finds himself standing before a giant, right? And what happens is this, this boy that's about 15 years old defeats a almost seven-foot-something giant. Uh, God provided for David. God, uh, he did all of these wonderful works for David. And, and so when Psalms 9, chapter 1, he says, I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. Um, and I think of this, and I think about in our own lives today. Well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's look at verse 2 first. He says, I will be glad and exalt in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. You see, David, he, he begins, he says, I will give thanks to the Lord with all of my heart. And then he goes on and he says, you know, I'm recounting on everything that God has done. I'm thinking back to everything that God has done for me. And then he goes on and he says, and I will be glad and exalt in you. David, he, he's glad in God. He's exalting in God. He, he understands that God is taking care of him and that God is the one providing for him. So no matter what was going on, he says, I'm going to be glad in you. Then he says, I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. So in this first part, we see that when David recounts on all of the wonderful deeds of God, he gives thanks to God. He is glad in God, and he praises God. And I really think that this whole idea of with my whole heart falls into all of them. I think he not only thanked God with all of his heart, but he was glad in all of his heart. And not only was he glad in all of his heart, but he sang the praise in all of his heart. And this is what we see in the commandment that, that God has given us, that Jesus spoke of in the New Testament. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so this morning when I was reading this, this week when I was reading through this and getting ready for this, I, I thought about James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 17. You don't have to turn there. I'll read it. It says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. So this morning, as I read this, what I want us to pull from verses 1 and 2 is that we must be like David was in this moment. Not saying David was like this in all of his life, but in this moment, David is declaring something powerful, and he's saying that he's going to give thanks to God, he's going to be glad in God, and he's going to praise God because of all of the wonderful deeds that God has done. And we too should do the same. Because as we look at James chapter 1, verse 17, it says that, that all of the good and perfect gifts come from God of the Heavenly Father. So everything in our life is good. And I think about the first and foremost thing that is good in our life, and it has to start here, salvation. It's the redemption that we find in Christ Jesus. And because of that is enough. Because of that, we would give thanks to God, we would give praise to God, and we would be glad in God. But I want you to reflect in this moment. I want you to, uh, I actually want to call you to think back to the moment that you come to Christ in salvation. 
Think back to that moment that you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior and that, that He called you to salvation and you responded accordingly. Think back to how the burden lifted off of you, right? That, that you knew that you were no, un, no longer under the weight of sin and that you have redemption in Christ Jesus. But also think back to moments in the last few years or few months or few days that God has provided for you. That God has taken care of you. That God has done amazing things for, uh, for you. Even, as I said earlier, thinking about the idea of waking up in the morning. When you study the complexity of the human being, we see that there's so many things that have to happen for us to simply breathe. Think about the way oxygen is provided, and I'm not no um, ecological uh, scholar or anything but I do know that oxygen comes from where? Trees, right? Uh, and so trees produce oxygen as they take in carbon dioxide which comes from humans and so when we think about just oxygen alone and how we wake up and we breathe in the morning God has provided all of this. What an amazing thing. Let's look at verses 3 through 6 He says, when my enemies turn back, they stumble and perish before your presence for your um, for you have maintained my just cause. You have sat on the throne giving righteous judgments. You have rebuked the nations. You have made the wicked perish. You have blotted out the, their name forever and ever. The enemy came to an end and an everlasting ruin. Their cities are rooted out and the very memory of, their, of them has perished. So really what's happening in verses 3 and 6 is simple is that David, in verse 1, he says, I will recount all the wonderful deeds. And then verses 3 through 6, he's providing some of the wonderful deeds that God has done. That God has provided him from his enemies. That God has caused his enemies to perish. And that how God does this is so amazing to me, though. Is that God did this. God accomplished uh, um, judgment on the enemies by doing what? By sitting on the throne. By being who God is. By sitting on the throne and bringing righteous judgment to the mankind. And so David, he's recounting and he's thinking of these righteous judgments that God has brought to the people. And because of this, he has provided for David in his moment of despair. And that's what we see in David's life. When we think back to even when we preached on Psalms chapter 3. And when David was under, uh, someone was trying to overtake the kingdom from him. And that person that was over trying, to, trying to overtake his kingdom was his own son. And he was praising God for the deliverance of his enemies in that moment. David had a constant battle. And when you read through the story of David, he went to, from battle to battle, from war to war. And God provided in all of these. But I want us to focus on the fact that God provided for David while he was sitting on the throne. That God brought forth got his will in David's life and he took care of David when he was sitting on the throne and while that is so important is verses 7 through 10 but the Lord sits enthroned forever he has established his throne for justice and he judges the world with righteousness he judges the people with uprighteousness the Lord is a strength a strength hold to the oppressed a stronghold in times of trouble and the and those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have forsaken those who... You, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. 
So what we see in verse 7 is the most significant thing uh, in these scriptures that we just read. Is that it says, but the Lord sits enthroned forever. And really what that means is simple, is that God is still sitting on the throne. So we have a God here that provided for David in his entire life, right? A God that provided in the difficulties, in the hard times. We have a God that took care of him. And what we see, if you keep on going, he says in verse uh, 9, he says, The Lord is a strength a stronghold for the oppressed and a stronghold in times of trouble, that God is still sitting on the throne today, that the same God that provided for David, his own child, is the same God that sits on the throne and provides for us, and that God will always be on the throne. God will always be most powerful and most high and the Lord of all and the kings of kings. God will always be that. As James 1 17 said, as I read it earlier, the last part, he says, Heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. We have a God that does not change. We have a God that is eternal. And because He is eternal, He will always sit on the throne. And what that means is that we have a God that not only saved us in redemption through Christ Jesus, but we have a God that sustains us. And we have a God that will always be on the throne. So in this life, He will always take care of those who love Him, right? And, and who work out the will of His own. And that doesn't mean that life is going to be perfect. That doesn't mean that we won't go through hard times and we won't have difficulties. Because He says in verse 9, He says He's a stronghold for those oppressed and a stronghold for those in troubles. He doesn't say He will prevent those things from happening. He doesn't say that He's gonna, you won't have difficulties, you won't have hard times, you won't have troubles, you won't be oppressed. He's saying that He is that stronghold in those moments. See, we have a God that sits on the throne and that will always sit on the throne. And really, just to go a step farther, what that means is that when we take our last breath and we find ourselves in eternity and we're sitting under the glory of God forever, it will truly be forever. We don't have a God that will change or a God that will be overthrown. We have a God that reigns forever and ever. And because He does so, we have a hope like no other. We have a peace like no other. Because of that, we can be just like David this morning and we can give God thanks for all, with our whole, heart, our whole heart and we can be glad and exalt in Him and we can praise His name. Then verses 11 through 12, I wanted to end here because it gives us a perfect application of this scripture. David is speaking in this song. He is singing and he's talking of people right here. He says, sing praise to the Lord who sits enthroned in Zion. Tell among the people his deeds for he avenges blood and mindful of them. He does not forget the cry of the afflicted. He sums it up. But this morning, I just want to end by looking at verse 11. He says, Sing praise to the Lord who sits enthroned in Zion. Tell among the people of his deeds. So he ends this part that we're going to look at this morning. And this is a, not the end of the song, but the end of the, the certain verse that he would have been uh, singing. And he says, look, there's, there's two things that you should do now. There's two things that you should do when you reflect on all the goodness of God. And the first one is that you should praise God. And the second one is you should tell the people of the deeds of God. And this morning I, I read that and I was thinking, well this week I read it and I was thinking that that was perfect for us. 
Because when we look at this, when we look at all of the deeds that God has done, we look at uh, the salvation that we have, we look at the peace that we have, we look at the hope that we have in Christ Jesus, and then we see the way that He has provided and He takes care of us through this life, then it should naturally cause two things. And this is what David says. He says, praise God. When you reflect on those things that God has done for you, praise Him. Mm, that's such an amazing but simple thing, right? It's, and it's just natural if you really think about it. If, and I want you to do it. I want you to think about the moment. I'm, I know I called you to do this earlier, but I'm going to call you to do it again. Think about the moment that you got saved. Think about the moment that God redeemed and saved you. And I would almost put a plug here. If you can't remember that moment, I would call you to question if that moment was really there or not. But think back to that moment of when you come to salvation in Christ. Think back to the way it made you feel, how you were different, how you, you, you left that burden and was lifted off of you, how you had a hope now that you never had before. Think back to the moment that, I think about you parents in here, um, in Matt and Summer, we know what God has done for y'all. Uh, and Jamie and Brianna, same situation. Actually, y'all, God mm, brought y'all from a horrible situation and redeemed it as well. But think back to that moment where you held your child for the first time. Or for y'all that have more than one child, all of them. Think back to the good moments where God has provided. Think back to the moments where, uh, I don't know if y'all were anything like me, but um, you know, me and Sarah, we've had moments where we didn't have anything, right? Where we, we made just enough money to survive, and that's it. And think back to the moments that God provides in those moments. Think back to the moments where, where God provides in just the difficulties when you lost a loved one and God is that comfort to you. Think back to these moments, and, and, and I want to challenge you to not praise God when you think of them. I can't. I don't know about you, but when I think of all of the amazing things that God has done, I have to praise Him. I have to glorify Him. I have to thank Him because He is the one that has caused them all to happen. Then the last thing He says is, tell the people of His deeds. I think of this one, and I think it's so simple. Um, and we actually see in the New Testament that this is exactly what the disciples were told to do by Christ. To tell the people of his deeds. Um, and that can be many things. You could reflect and maybe you find yourself in a moment that you need to tell someone about how God has provided for you and your family and taking care of you. But ultimately what I want to point out is that what we're called to do is share the gospel with people. We're called to tell the people of the good deed that Christ has, that God has done in sending His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for us, that when we had no hope, we now have a hope. This is what we're called to do. And I want you to think about it, and you reflect on those moments that, that God has saved you and provided for you and taken care of you, then what it should also cause you to do is tell people about it. Let me ask you all something. If I, well, I won't, I won't use me because if, let's say, Lynn over here, um, Matt, you and Lynn are in Columbia, well, it's too real in that situation. Uh, Y'all are just here in town and um, somebody pulls out a gun and he's about to shoot you, Matt. And Lynn jumps in front of the bullet to save you. When somebody brings up Lynn's name in the future, how are you going to respond? Saved your life. That's what we all would do naturally, right? 
We, somebody saved their life. We would, if, if the name comes up, if the thought comes up, or if somebody asks you if something big has happened in your life before, that's what you would bring up, right? The moment where Lynn jumped in front of a bullet for you. Lynn, uh, I'm just going to assume you would do that, okay? One time? <laughs> Sometimes it's all you can get, right? Um, but you would talk about it, right? You, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't just let that go. Anybody that's not egotistical would, would talk about that. They would express that. They would express their gratitude. They would probably write letters, if you didn't survive, they would write letters to his family. They would take care of his family. You might even uh, be there for his family in difficulties. Or if he survived, you would cut his grass for him. You would take care of him. You would do anything for him just about, right? See, this is what we have in Christ Jesus, is that he came and he took that for us. But so often we forget to talk about it. See, when we reflect on the good things that God has done, then what it should cause us to do is praise God and tell the people of Him. And this morning as Troy comes, we're going to sing, Jesus paid it all. Uh, and we didn't plan that, actually. He, he talked about that about ten minutes before anybody got here. Um, and I couldn't picture a more perfect thing right now. It's this song that expresses how Jesus paid it all, how Jesus took the nails, took the beating, took the cross, took eternal death away from us when we deserved it and He didn't. And because of that, what it should cause us to do is praise Him and tell people about Him. And this morning, we're going to have an opportunity to do the first one. We have the opportunity to stand together as a body of believers, as brothers and sisters in Christ, and to praise God for what He has done. And I would encourage you, that, as I asked you earlier, to reflect on that moment. And if you can't reflect on that moment and you have a question about salvation, come and see me. But let's come together, let's stand together as brothers and sisters in Christ, and let's praise God for this. And then when we leave here, let's leave here and let's tell somebody about Him. Let's express the, the new life that we have in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank You for this. I thank You, God, for You took something that was much worse than a bullet for us. You took nails and, and the cat of nine tails. You took the rope. You took the crown of thorns. You took the spitting and, and the mockery. You took the cross, you took the heat, you took the sorrow, God. You took what we deserved in that we could never pay back in an eternity of damnation, God. You took something that would take us forever and ever to repay. And you took it and you put it on your shoulders and you nailed it to that cross. And because of that, we have redemption in you. We have forgiveness in you. We have hope in you. And God, I pray that that causes us to give you thanks. I pray that that causes us to have a joy in you. And God, I pray that ultimately it causes us to praise you and tell of the wonderful deed that you have accomplished. God, thank you. And I pray that our lives reflected and God I pray that as we come together and we sing this song of praise as a body of believers as brothers and sisters in Christ God that we don't worry about anything else but giving you what you deserve and that is praise and honor and glory we pray this in your son's name Amen if you would let's stand and sing together And I hear the Savior say, 
Thy strength indeed is small, child of weakness, watch and pray, and find in me thine all in all. to you. 